0: Good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome to episode 81 of the 476ers podcast. Today's episode we're gonna talk about last night's jazz game. So stay tuned. Yo. Uh, 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 yeah. Justice for the blind, just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming from my mind. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome to episode 81 of the 476ers podcast. Uh, today is a cel- cel- celebratory episode. We are here to celebrate a win that we deserve, then I don't give a shit. Uh, they're, they're, you know, I'm, I'm going to come in a little hot here in a second, you know, because I'm a little I'm, – I'm, I'm I'm, mad about two things. I'm mad about, one, all the talk about the refs from the Jazz. I'm also mad about the, the narrative uh, at the end of the game over Donovan Mitchell. You know, I get it. We can hate on Donovan because he's on the other team, but I, I didn't feel great about kind of what people were saying. Uh, so I'm going to talk about that in a second. First, let's talk about the game, though. So obviously, I mean, let's start, right? You know, where do we start? Where do we start here, actually? I'm sorry. Where do we start? I guess let's talk about some of the overarching themes. I mean, the game was interesting. You know, the Jazz essentially – essentially what happens is in the first half, before the game starts tightening up, the Jazz are playing loose. The difference between the first half and second half, in my opinion, of yesterday's game is that the Jazz – in the first half, we're moving the ball a lot more. Um, they were forcing our defense to stretch out and they were making us pay every single time. You know what I mean? In the second half, we I'm sorry, they're making us pay every single time and then mixed in there was some screen and roll. Um, whereas in the second half, the game completely changes and they start screening and rolling more often and the ball movement completely stops. Now, this is the problem with, a team like the jazz. I think this is what it comes down to why teams maybe not believe in the jazz because ultimately when they got to the game, you have one of two options depending on the team you are. Uh, so Brad Stevens, for example, compared this jazz team to the 14 to the 14, 15 Spurs. The difference was the Spurs never, ever wavered from their system. Um, they just didn't waver. You know what I mean? They were just crushing guys because they completely and totally trusted the system uh, to get them the shot they wanted to to get. You know, this Jazz team essentially down in the second half and especially during the fourth quarter and especially even more so in overtime, they kind of stopped trusting that. They stopped moving the ball and started solely relying on Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell fucks himself up. You know what I mean? Mitchell fucked himself because it kind of seemed like he ends up getting, you know, him and Ben are talking from the beginning of the game. Uh, Not clear if they're talking shit to each other. I'm going to go ahead and guess they were talking shit because Donovan clearly gets, you know, whatever happens, Donovan starts getting, I think he, I think Ben gets in his head and Donovan starts trying to almost prove that he can beat Ben and he can't. You know, unfortunately you can't, you know, you, you just don't have it. And I, and I'll talk about why in a second, but. uh, And by the second half, he is now doing too much. He starts the first half of the game shooting 50% from the field. And then in the second half of the game, his percentage takes a nosedive because he's not shooting good shots anymore. Uh, At the end of the game, Doc said that their plan was to drop that, that they wanted to do drop coverage against them. Now, obviously that burned us a few times because. I've said this before about Ben getting over screens. He's just too big to get over screens at times. Uh, 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 Seth gets Seth dies on screens. Honestly, Seth just dies on screens. So does Shake. Uh, Furkan, I mean Furkan. We'll talk about him in a second, but um, ultimately, because of that, they end up getting open three pointers. But then there are those plays where in the second half, again, Donovan trying to do too much. He is he, he doesn't have the mid range shot that like Steph Curry has. You know what I mean? Uh, even even Dame is not really. That's not his specialty to pull up in the mid range. Steph will run, get run off the of three point. I mean, Steph can shoot from literally anywhere on the court. And when you're saying that people are assuming, well, that means 35, 40 feet. Sure, he can do that too. But he can also shoot from that 15, 17, 16, 14, 13 foot area that is weird and different. He will drop those shots too, and that's what makes Steph such a complete this complete offensive guys, a lot of guys get into the mid range and just can't pull up. You know, they they can't pull up. They have to do something else. It has to be a spin. Like you can get guys into a mid range. That'll do a, a little spin move or something like that. But you know, like even LeBron, that's not really his game to pull up in the mid range is not really his thing, but like a Carmelo, for example, that he can, another player who can literally just shoot from anywhere on the court. Um, Donovan doesn't have that in his game. And that's why when you see him pull up in the mid-range, I mean, he's breaking shots. He starts breaking mid-range shots. Like, I mean, some of those misses were fucking terrible. Um, You know, and that's essentially, to me, the the biggest difference of the game. You know what I mean? Is that in the second half, they almost stopped relying on the system that had given them the lead. I mean, they were dominating us in the first half. Let's be clear. They were dominating us in the first half. Joe was dominating them single-handedly, singularly. And then, but they, as a team, were completely dominating us in the first half. Then in the second half, Joe continues his domination and they can't, they, but then they start falling apart. They start relying on one player. You know what I mean? That, and again, because the Spurs are different and this is why when you compare this team to the Spurs, you can compare it in terms of how they move the ball and their offensive principles shoot a lot of threes. That's what the 14, 15 Spurs did. You know what I mean? Catch the ball, move Jackie McMullen talked perfectly about that. She said, you know, th- their principle was to catch the ball within three seconds, make a decision to shoot or pass. Don't let the ball stick. That is what the Jazz did. And I actually lauded them yesterday because at the, at the end of the half, all I was thinking was how comfortable they would get when the shot clock is going down, four seconds in the shot clock and they're still comfortable passing the ball. You know, that takes a level of trust. And that, in that first half, the Jazz were the best team in the NBA in the second half, when it starts getting when it starts getting chippy, we start we're fighting back. We're going back and forth with them. All of a sudden, it switches to this one on one play, because that's the natural inclination for players is to, to try to do too much on their own. And I I'm no I've been noticing that actually with us over the last month or two we started in the first in December, January. I had said, I, I I, don't know if I, if I said this on a, I'm pretty sure I said this on a podcast that I wanted to look up how many times we were passing the ball on possessions. You know, I think we were averaging three passes per possession. And right now we've slowed down and I don't completely like that. We've slowed down a lot because we're going to Joe so often in the post. Uh, and then sometimes we go to Ben in the post. Sometimes we get to Toby in the post, but we are not moving the ball. And that part of that coincides with Seth, getting COVID and going out and we're not really having reliable spot up shooters, but we haven't gotten that back. We're not swinging the ball around how I would like to swing it. There were a couple plays like that yesterday. One great play last night where, uh, uh, you know, we're swinging the ball, shake, shake passes it to Mike Scott. Mike Scott drives, goes up nice little dish to, to Dwight to finish in the third quarter. Um, You know, a couple plays like that, but, but we are not moving the ball as much. And I don't necessarily like that, like that could bite us in the ass. But then on the other side, when it gets to the playoffs and the game slowed down and you need someone to get you a bucket, we are we have that right now. We have that one in Joe uh, and Toby is, you know, obviously in the overtime show that he has that, too, in him, even though he had struggled through the fr- I mean, he Joe, Toby scores 13 points in the last six minutes of the game. He has nine points going into the last minute of the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? They, they obviously said, you know, well, he has 11 here, 11 points in the first four quarters and 11 in the overtime. That's true. But if you want to get even deeper, he has nine points through the first real through the first 47 minutes of the game. And then in the last six minutes of the game, he ends up scoring 13. Um, so so let's run down the players. Um you know let's start with the mvp joe i mean joe i didn't even know this was a thing you know in, in last night's pre- press conference after the game i guess i guess there have been reporters suggesting that joe is scared to play against the other best centers in the nba or so, so i guess somebody has been suggesting that i i didn't even know that was a thing and that's ridiculous cuz joe has literally dominated every center in the nba already you know, he he used to dominate Marcus saw Then when Marcus saw ended up with the Raptors, which we've learned has a lot to do with the Raptors scheme, he started struggling against them. He struggled against Al Horford on the Celtics. Part of that is also scheme. Uh, but Horford used to be able to stand him up. You know what I mean? It, when Joe would try to back him down, he couldn't move him. But Joe has dominated Rudy already before. He's dominated Cat, He's dominated Miles Turner, dominated Andre Drummond. He's dominated all of his counterparts. You know what I mean? I, I, I didn't even know that people were suggesting that, you know what I mean? He has back tightness that flares up kind of randomly, especially if you're traveling, especially if you're traveling in cold weather, your back is going to tighten up more often. You know what I mean? So I, I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know people were suggesting that. And if they were, you know, I, uh, then I guess yesterday, Joe dispelled all of, all of those notions, even though I didn't even think he had to, you know, I, I don't I don't know what else is going to take. I mean, he made Rudy Rudy listen, I, you know, I I put I put on Twitter yesterday I mean, maybe this is a little hyperbolic like, you know, that Dwight, you know, 40-19 and 3 asset, uh, three assists against the quote-unquote defensive player of the year and Rudy. I you know, you know, I'm talking a little shit whatever. You know, the truth the truth of the matter is no one can guard Joe. There there is not a center in the NBA right now who could you would have to go into the past. You have to get like Hakeem to try to guard Joe, or you would have to get Bill Russell to go. I mean, he Joe is that literally that good. You know, or like a Tim Duncan, but even Tim is is not probably strong enough, maybe. But you know, those guys like Tim or Kevin Garnett who have the length and activity, maybe they could give Joe, you know, some things to think about, but there isn't a center in the NBA who's going to stop Joe. They're never, they're probably arguably, at this point, I'm, I feel very comfortable saying this year, especially the, the things that Joe has added to his game, there is not a center alive in the history of the NBA who can guard Joel Embiid. I, I feel good about that. I don't give it. You can bring ben, ben Wallace would get fucking crushed by Joe. You can say Ben Wallace is one of the greatest defensive centers of all time, all you want. Ben is 6'9", 6'10". Joe is going to eat that man alive and it's not like Shaq didn't really fuck him up in the finals it's just that Shaq was not super efficient in that finals he was also out of shape in that finals he was also uh you know in his I think that was his their third finals in four years or five years maybe you know third finals in five years I think but you know they had gone into the western conference finals all that you know I no. um there isn't a center that can stop Joe and the NBA ever in the history of the game. There never will be a center that can stop Joel Embiid. Uh, It it just, we can dispel all of that. Uh, Rudy, as this, you know, some all world defender, we scored a ton of points against this team. We don't shoot threes. You know what I mean? I mean, look at the disparity in three point, three point attempts. Again, uh, you know, uh, we go eight for 25 from three, they go uh, 21 of 44 they shoot 19 more three-pointers than us. You know what I mean? You want to know why you're not getting foul calls? Well, jump shooting teams typically don't get foul calls. You can sit here and say all this you want about small market and all. No, it has nothing to do with it. Y'all are a jump shooting team. And I'm going to get into more detail there, but you shot 19 more three-pointers than us. Sure you're not going to get foul calls. You shot a ton of jumpers. If you're not shooting three-pointers, again, Donovan shot a ton of mid-range jump shots. They Mike Conley a ton of mid-range floaters and shit like that. Anyway, Joe is the best player in the NBA right now, arguably. You know what I mean? If you gave me if you told me Joe would be healthy for the rest of the season, not only is the MVP, is he the MVP of the season? That that to me is is as of today he is the MVP of the season but he is just you could argue that he is the best basketball player if you want to wait until the playoffs that's fine listen playoffs separate the wheat from the chaff right that's what where you're going to find out for sure is are you the best because two years ago we said Kawhi was or last year we said Kawhi was the best arguably the best player in the NBA and then when they got they they give up that 3-1 lead it's not a great look right it's not a good look and and now you got the whole Guys saying Joe LeBron is the best until LeBron proves otherwise, and that's fine. I'm completely cool with that argument. Um, but regular season right now, Joe is the best player in the NBA. And uh, and, and and you know, one thing that I know, one thing that I noticed too last night, which is you know, we need to depend on Joe defensively to adapt the way he does you know a couple plays yesterday where they and and joe we've seen this all season joe gets a ton of steals on trina roll they try to throw the back door alley-oop to the center and joe steals it or pokes it away or does whatever we need to trust joe to do that because sometimes especially especially against a team like the jazz you cannot cheat off the shooters there's a couple times where where seth and toby get caught just ball watching uh, which needs to be, you know, crushed the fuck out of them. Not against this team, you can't ball watch against this team. You got all these guys are high IQ and all of them can shoot. The other part of it is sometimes where it's not ball watching that Toby is is coming in to help because the the you know Seth gets beat off the dribble, Joe is stepping up to help Seth. Now Toby is wide, and then now now Rudy is wide open and Toby is collapsing into the lane. I would rather. Let me be clear. Rudy Gobert is garbage. Okay. He is not good at, he is not. Okay. He could be good at defense. I guess he is not a good offensive basketball player. That man has the worst hands. He has brick. His hands are made of stone. He is like the stone man from Game of Thrones. I mean, you see it. You see it growing on him. They got to send him away. They got to get him out of here before he affects the rest of the people. His hands are of stone. He would be a cornerback in the NFL, but a bad cornerback at that. He 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 just can't. He just his hands are terrible. He's terrible. I don't even know how he grabs doorknobs. How do you open doors? He he his he needs to be doing that with his cell phone or something. You know, like a dude dude the door opens because I can I doubt he would be able to. He would fumble with a doorknob without a question. He probably sucked at snowball fights as a kid to make a snowball and then drop it. I mean, he just has no hands. This is the worst hands in the NBA, this man, okay? He can barely say hello. He can barely wave hello to people. His his hands just start fumbling when he waves. It's not, he has bad hands. You're going to need to prove to me that we should be scared of you. You know, that's how I feel about it. So Toby, I would much rather you not leave Bogdanovich or Joe Ingles or Royce O'Neal wide open in a corner to help with one of the worst offensive centers in the NBA you know, it's kind of my point. Let Joe mitigate that. And we saw that. We saw Joe eat a, a Rudy Mitchell dunk, right? Because they throw it again, because Rudy's hands are terrible. They throw an alley-oop to Rudy. Rudy catches it, fumbles it, come, has to come down. Joe immediately recovers and blocks it. I would much rather see that. I don't believe in Rudy. Rudy, you're going to have to prove it to me. And then even if you make it, you're going to have to get make, You or if you get the catch and you get fouled, you're going to have to prove it at the free throw line. where. It's it's funny to me watching guys like Dwight and Rudy miss free throws, and they look at the rim as if the rim has shifted on them. Even though you are you are routinely a terrible free throw shooter, what what are you thinking? You're not good at this. If if Steph, I mean, if Steph makes misses a free throw, Steph can chastise the rim. How fucking dare you, rim? How dare you not accept my this shot I've shot in? Dwight, and Ru- it probably hurts the rim for you to make a free throw the rim probably goes through physical pain if we could hear it it probably ah every time you make a free throw you think it feels good for them it doesn't it doesn't you don't be surprised when the rim rejects your free throw it's in your blood to do that anyway anyway (laughs) Seth played well you know I I was happy I I was happy with Seth Seth struggled on defense a bit but I I it wasn't glaring and and this is really where the jazz fucked up to me too you know, because, OK, so now you stop moving the ball in the first half. They were moving the ball a ton. They were also hunting Seth. Right. Anytime that Seth ended up switched on Bogdanovich, they exposed it. They made sure to go to that mismatch in the fourth quarter. No, it never in the second half, they stopped. They stopped hunting Seth in the fourth quarter. You need a bucket and you couldn't go to Seth. You, you, you not one time. Did you really hunt Seth? You're hunting Toby, who showed yesterday some chops that that. I'm gonna to get to Toby in a second. You're hunting Toby, that's not working. You're hunting jo- I don't know why anyone would hunt Joel anymore. And shake played great defense. You never not one time hunt Seth. That doesn't even make sense. You know what I mean? It just doesn't even make sense. Um, other than that, though, Seth showed in the fourth quarter, especially why why he was playing really well, why I was really happy with him through the first half of the season, through the first quarter of the season before COVID, because Seth showed he hits a big three-pointer down the stretch. Um Hits a couple mid range jump shots down the stretch and he never gets it. It just doesn't seem to, he just always seems so even. You know what I mean? That's been my favorite thing about Seth pre COVID is how even he's just even keeled. You know what I mean? Not getting too high, not getting too low, just playing, playing within himself. That his mid range shot is wet. You know what I mean? So when he goes to it, it's great. That three pointer he hit was a big three pointer and a big shot and it was deep. You know, the one in the fourth quarter. Um, so, yeah, I was happy with Seth. Toby Toby played great, I thought. I thought, so. I'm sorry, I, I kind of skipped around in not a great way. Uh, Toby played excellent. You know what I mean? He only, again, I, I talked about his scoring output in the first three quarters, uh, the, almost the first four quarters, arguably. And then in the, the the overtime, just just showing, you know what I mean? Not doing too much. In the first, in my opinion, in the first three quarters, what happened was Toby reverted to the first month of the season where he started doing too much again. Too much dribbling, too many step backs, No. Toby, what did I tell you? Catch it. Make a decision. As soon as you have to dribble more than three times, it's now a sunken cost. Move it. You're you're doing too much as soon as you dribble more than three times. If I'm being honest, outside on the perimeter. If you're faced up and dribbling more than three times, if you're posting up and dribbling more than three times, you're good. If you're faced up and you're dribbling more, more than three times, it's not good. Pass the ball. Pass the ball. And then in the overtime, he simplified it right? He simplifies it. This is what we're going to just, nope, I'm going to score on all of you. I can score on Bogdanovich. I can score on Royce O'Neal. Royce, Royce is a great defender, a great perimeter defender, but he's not necessarily strong enough to guard guys in the post. Um, and, and I thought, you know, Toby played great. The, the thing that Toby really, really where Toby shined last night is the defense. I got to give that man some fucking love right now. His defense last night was incredible. A couple plays he ended up switch on Donovan, didn't get beat just he played great defense a couple times he fell asleep for sure but a couple times that he i thought he played excellent defense man honestly he worked his ass off yesterday i'm toby this buzz for you brother you're not an all-star but this butt is for you you know and i don't think you should be an all-star this butt is for you though that's not what this is about i'm not here to hate the, or maybe you're the dominican this pastelillo is for you okay this mangu that's for you toby the dominican i thought he played great ben ben played awesome you know what I mean? I thought Ben played awesome. I thought Ben played great defense on a million. You know what I mean? It, it, it was really a concentrated effort to, to shut down Donovan. But I mean, Donovan can't score on Ben. You know, a lot of there's a lot unless you have a screen, which is it's the funniest thing to me. It's funny to me. I like, like, I don't understand this generation. And, you know, this is like the, the 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 angry guy on the front porch. You can't tell somebody, in my opinion. You can't say you can't guard me to somebody if you scored on them off a screen. That doesn't make sense. You got a screen. You didn't score on me. You got the screen to help you. You got an open shot. If I, if we one-on-one, though, can I am I gonna stop you? That's the question. The question isn't if I can score on you off a screen. How can you gain garner any pride from that? You know how you go. I don't know how guy and I'm not saying Donovan said that. I thought Donovan may have intimated that a few times. I, don't, I might be wrong, but you can't. You can't. You, 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 you can't. You came off the screen. Admit that you had help. Admit that's like the, that's like Elon Musk saying I, I built this company by myself and ignoring like the million dollar loan he got from his father. It You didn't do anything on your own. What are you talking about? You know, to sh- continue shitting on Elon Musk. I'm sorry. <clears throat> he didn't deserve my hire, but, you know, whatever. Um, Point being, no one in the NBA right now. I don't think. I don't think there's a perimeter player in the NBA that can score that that can score on Ben one on one. Other than you know maybe uh, like a maybe KD probably could. You know, KD is it's, KD is KD. I you know fucking whatever. Uh, you know, KD could probably score on Jesus Christ one on one. I I would assume with miracles and all. <clears throat> um, I don't know that Ben. I don't know that anyone can score on Ben one on one. You know, listen, I'm not one to take, you know, I I just I don't like hating on Ben. I just need to to make sure that everyone reframes the conversation when you're talking about Ben's defense. Again, I keep bringing up the, 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 the it's my favorite thing to bring up that Blazers game because people completely misconstrued what happened. That Ben shut down Dame in the second half as if we didn't completely change the game plan and start blitzing Dame. And then again, then point out the next game against the Suns, which everyone has conveniently forgot as Devin Booker literally was baking. I mean, he stir fried that man, you know, in the second half, go back and rewatch that game. Um, And that's not to hate on Ben. It's just to make sure that people understand because when that Suns game happened, my, my, and I said it in the podcast, Joe didn't play defense that game. He just looked out of it. He just wasn't playing defense. And therefore, the defense collapsed. Joe is the most important defender on our team. Joe is what allows Ben to be such an aggressive perimeter defender. You can give Ben the defensive player of the year. The closest thing you should do is is share that bitch between Ben and Joe. Joe is our most important defender. You know what I mean? It just is what it is. It just is what it is. With that said, though, Ben is an incredible perimeter defender. He dies on screens again because he's kind of too big to get around him. But because of his athleticism, his length, his speed and quickness, he usually is able to force guys to get into that mid-range where, like I said, a lot of guys aren't comfortable, you know, because the, the way the NBA had gone, which people misconstrue all the time that the the idea that mid-range shots are bad is not uh, analytics does not suggest that mid-range shots are bad analytics suggests that if you're going to shoot a 20-foot jump shot you should just be shooting a three if you're going to get in and shoot 16 feet like if you're DeMar DeRozan there is no analytic person that would suggest DeMar DeRozan should start shooting threes over his 15 16 foot shot which is a guaranteed bucket it is no, there is no, the analytics don't suggest that analytics suggest that if you're going to shoot this 20 foot jumper, a foot within the three point, a foot inside the three point line, that is a stupid fucking shot. Take the step back and shoot the three. That's what they're saying. Anyway, <laughs> we got to evolve our discussions when we're talking about basketball. That's all I'm saying. Um, So anyway, Ben's defense has been incredible. Um, Mike Scott, poor man, Sobe, you know, l- you, listen. Mike Scott, greater sign Toby. He's on. he hit a three-pointer. Toby, how come you didn't have no three-pointers? I'm joking. I like Mike Scott because Mike Scott is low, uh, low maintenance. You know what I mean? He doesn't come in expecting to do too much. He doesn't ask to do anything. He just, when he's called upon tries to be as productive as possible. You know, he hits a big three. He gives us a first lead uh, of the second half. You know, we, we have a lead in the first quarter. We have eight, we have eight points. We score eight. Uh, we go up eight, nothing or eight two on them, and then Donovan—I mean, I don't even remember that. Donovan scores eight straight, essentially, in the first quarter to give them the lead, and they didn't look back until Mike Scott hits that three. That three is the is arguably the second biggest three behind Dwight's three, which is fucking crazy. But um, so I, you know, Mike Scott always makes me happy. Furkan, oh fuck, man. Uh, you know, shout out to Doc. Furkan only plays twelve minutes. You know why? Because Doc can tell. I can tell when Furkan's a sunken cost. You know, he's really learning, like, up, oh, nope, this is nope, can't get the fuck out of the game. You've done too much now. Because there is no player. I mean, Furkan has the one, his defense is fucking. I mean, he plays defense like a deer learning how to walk. You know what I mean? Where his back is completely bent over, his legs are like shaking and wavering, and he's doing all this weird shit with his handler. That he's putting together a Rubik's Cube. And, and he's not actually accomplishing anything on the, I mean, he sometimes the, the game before he had a good defensive game today, last night, whoa, <laughs> whoa, brother, you know, what, what the fuck happened there, man? I Oh, the fur yesterday was a sunken cost, and doc immediately recognized it. I said, Oh, stop, stop, Furkan, get the fuck out of the game. You're, you're doing too much now. Terrible one, one he had a really terrible pass in that second half, um, To Mike Scott, who was trying to post up Jordan Clarkson, I think. Uh, Just a terrible pass. I mean, just a fucking abysmal pass. You know, Furkan, I don't know. Furkan, I think what it is with Furkan, I think is he starts thinking too much. I think he just gets in his own head and starts like he just can't do things right at that point. Um, One thing I did want to say, actually, because I left Ben too soon. Ben is going to have to start getting thank you cards from guys. Because last night, uh, Malcolm Brogdon went 12 for 15 against the Cavaliers after struggling against Ben. And I, I, I suspect that's because players they play against Ben, uh, and then the, the day the, the game before, Colin Sexton, right? He goes 11 for 27 against us. Then all of a sudden, goes 13 for 20 the next game. Why? Because you, you were you were guarded by Ben Simmons, and then as soon as you get guarded by a regular NBA player, you're like, man, this is so easy. They should get thank you cards. Ben should start getting thank you cards. He should start demanding thank you cards from guys. Uh, he puts them through the hardest thing ever, and then they come out better on the other side. Good for them. Um, Shake played great, man. They didn't make a three pointer. Uh, I'm not going to say he lost it, but, you know, what happens is you you lost something. Right. And then when you find it again, you got to go through the growing pains again, because it's been a while since you've seen it. You know what I mean? It's been a while since you've seen it. You know, like, you you know, you break up with a girlfriend or whatever, and y'all get back together. And I don't know this. I, you know, I've never done this, but you get, get back together. And then, you know, usually when shit ends with me, it ends. It's over. You know, I burn that fucking bridge. That bridge is burned. It's burned to a crisp. I just have to find another way around. Um, but, you know, you, you break up with somebody, you get back together, and now you have to you have to have that feeling out process again. I assume that's what it's like. You have that feeling out process again, where you're like, I don't, I, you know, I don't know what I can say, what I can't say. You got to feel that out, get comfortable again. And that's all Shake went through. Yes, no problem. Shake played great, though. You know what I mean? I thought Shake played great. I thought Shake did a great job when he was in the game kind of controlling the game, not shooting. I, I talked about before how Shake has the propensity to Bring the ball up and try to finish the, the the play in the same breath. You know what I mean. And I don't think Shake did that yesterday. I thought Shake did a really good job being a point guard, spent um, for the second unit, and and when he played you know, with the first unit, the rest of the game. And then his defense, I thought he played great defense, man. A couple times he ended up switching on Donovan that I thought he played really good defense. He played really good defense on Mike Conley, uh, which is funny because Mike Conley and Shake have like very similar bodies and kind of have similar play styles a, a bit in terms of when they're trying to score. Mike Conley is a better playmaker than Shake is, obviously. I mean, Mike Conley's a, a Hall of Fame point guard. He, he, he just is. And Shake isn't quite that, uh, you know, nothing about Shake is screaming Hall of Fame, but um. But in terms of when they're trying to score, they have this, like, slow pace. They try to – they don't rely on any quickness or speed. They rely on their length, though, uh, and some, you know, get get into this, like, area, this 10, 15 feet, slow it down and score. Um, and Shake, you know, I thought Shake defended really, really well. You know what I mean? I thought Shake defended really, really well yesterday. Good for you, Shake. You played well. Matisse's defense I thought was excellent. Jordan Clarkson baked us last game, except this time. And I said this on that podcast too. Doc, what's going on? You don't see that Jordan has now walked into the game smoking already. Embers. Embers on his jersey. And you couldn't just immediately insert Matisse yesterday. We didn't let that happen. We said, no, 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 Matisse. Stop this shit. And he stopped this shit. You know what I mean? Good for you, Matisse. Good way to go. Still didn't You didn't score though. Um, and that's rough. You know, we need you to score. Dwight, I mean, Dwight played, listen, Dwight, I'm gonna give you some some love. This is Dwight at his best right here. Yesterday, Dwight showed exactly how I maybe you need to eat a gummy before every game. That's what it looked like happened. Like you came in the game high as fuck. Uh, not your face, but you were just giggling and shit the whole game. And maybe that's your pocket. Just giggle. You need to be giggling the whole game. Uh just <laughs> you know, every time you do some shit. Um, And that is your pocket. That's you at your best. Uh, Because when you're having fun, you're playing loose, zero personal fouls. That's crazy. Zero personal fouls. That's crazy. Huge block in the third quarter. I mean, he has the biggest, essentially the biggest uh, run of the game. He gets the three-pointer, which is fucking crazy. Then he blocks Mike Conley, which leads to to a to a run out, to another two-pointer. I mean, he become he is the biggest. That stretch is one of the biggest stretches in the game. And it's all and it's literally all because of Dwight. So Dwight, no hate here. I'm not going to hate on you today. I thought you played fucking great yesterday. Truthfully. The truth is with the Jazz, let's talk about this jazz real quick and let's talk about some of these things. The truth is, Donovan, when I realized yesterday, Donovan, I got to give some credit first. Donovan has gotten a lot stronger since his time, since since his rookie year, and has gotten a lot better at finishing through contact when he tried to dunk on Joe. I mean, you can try to hate on it all you want. A lot of dunks in the NBA, a lot of the posters, quote unquote, in the NBA are one of two things. They're either not really a poster where this guy, you know, fast break and this guy is trying to do a chase down block. That's not a poster to me. You know you have the advantage. A poster is when you have the disadvantage and you overcome it. That's what a real poster is to me. When you're running out on a fret and this guy's trying to chase you down, that's not a dunk on. If you just literally and a dunk on is like, like you know, DeAndre dunking on Brandon Knight, it was filthy and it was embarrassing, or LeBron dunking on Jason Terry, yeah, it's embarrassing, but it's Jason Terry but, and. and what people forget about that dunk real quick, just take a step back. What people forget about that dunk is the reason why that dunk was so significant was because when they lost in the finals to the Mavericks, Jason Terry literally and, and, and J.J. Barea were like, no, 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 I don't need help guarding LeBron James. That's what people are forgetting. That dunk was the exercising of demons where these five foot two guys were, were manning up isolation guarding LeBron and LeBron had no answers, could not score on them anyway. So those are not dunks. Vince Carter dunking in the Olympics. That's a dunk on a human being that is disrespectful. Scottie Pippen dunking Patrick Ewing into the nether, into the nether world where he sees Mephisto in WandaVision. That is dunking on somebody. What Donovan tried to do yesterday, that is. And then the other part of it, it's, it's either not really a dunking on someone or it's an offensive foul. Because you see the guy go up, clear out the defender and then dunk. My man took off, chest out. You know, he had his hand in front, but then brought it back, didn't touch Joe, chest out, and tried to take Joe's soul. That also wasn't a foul, Donovan. I'm sorry to t- – I'm going to be honest with you. That wasn't a foul. He had the ball before you. That's not a foul. You're initiating the contact. In the third quarter, I mean, in the in the overtime, the the three-point shot that, that Seth fouled you on, that wasn't a foul. You jumped into Seth. Clearly, you fucking – hips don't lie. You hips don't lie, Seth. That's not a foul. The truth is with Donovan is he has gotten stronger, but he is not that explosive. He doesn't have an explosive first step, like a lot of his counterparts that make them elite scorers. That's the truth. He doesn't have that elite first step and he has no mid range jump shot. So when you're, you're getting all hot, the truth of the matter is, is you got hot because you and Ben were talking shit. They have the history. Right. Where Donovan wore the stupid T-shirt three years ago that Ben isn't a rookie and all this and all that nonsense. That's all cap. You got hot. You ended up letting them get you out of your rhythm and you shot your team out of the game that led to you getting super angry in that overtime, looking for these foul calls that don't exist. I'm sorry to tell you, listen, the offensive foul that they called on Donovan, which is very confusing because they called the offensive foul on Donovan, but Donovan reacted to me, was reacting as if he knew it was an offensive foul and it wasn't, that was a terrible call. Uh, You could argue that it was a foul on Ben, or you could argue it was a no call and it was a terrible shot. That's fine. But it was not an offensive foul. I know that the Royce O'Neal, and saving that 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 out-of-bounds play down the stretch in the fourth quarter, that was a very confusing play. I don't know what they called there. That really should have been a jump ball. He saved it, but he saved it going into the, that ball was flying into the, the backcourt. I don't know that anyone would have actually gotten to it, but ultimately maybe should have been a jump ball. They blew it dead prematurely. They said something about the ball went off the ref. I don't know what, I, I've seen that play now three times. I have no idea what ref that ball went off of. I don't know what they're talking about. Um, But then guess what? Let's go to the other side. There's the play where somehow Al Al says that was a good no call where Joe gets Rudy in the air. Rudy lands into Joe's arms. And that's have been a foul all year. That should have been a foul last night. They swallowed the whistle on that play. Somehow, somehow, Toby. Uh, scores eight straight points essentially in the post and gets no foul calls as they're beating the shit out of him. No foul calls somehow. Somehow Ben, who's been shooting a ton of free throws for the last three weeks, only shoots two free throws last night, even though he's driving to the rim. There was a ton. You you can sit here and argue all you want about foul calls. The the truth is, you guys were, the, the Jazz were acting, they were wowing. There's the, the, Dwight blocking Mike Conley where Mike Conley and the entire jazz bench react as if someone's been shot. And it's, when I watched the play, it was a clear, good block. I was like, Oh, that's a good block. And they're acting wild. So you, you there's that, there's a ton of other plays. You guys actually allowed yourself to get out of the game. As the game got tighter, you allowed yourself to get out of the game. Joe feeds on that shit boy Joe nothing would piss me off more than watching Joe tell the ref to team me up I would fucking want to fight him and I would get killed he would beat the shit out of me but I would still want to fight him um you guys allowed yourself to get out the truth is Donovan you don't in my opinion you don't have the speed quickness quickness shiftiness to draw a ton of foul calls especially not if you're getting defended by an elite defender like Ben Ben doesn't foul a ton at all already you know he he's in this gray area, kind of like Chris Paul, where where the, where they can get real handsy, and where refs, you know, it's it's like a step a step close, like it's right here, this close to being a foul, but they never cross that line. You don't have what it takes to make them pay. Unfortunately, you you're not to me. Donovan is not good enough yet of an isolation player to get those calls to warrant those calls. He's not Dame. He's not Steph. Not Russ. Russ is, is expert at that. He's not James Harden, who's, you know, James, the shiftiness that James play with, that James plays with is what confuses refs. They, they don't know how to call him. Um, you, You're not that you don't have the handle of Kyrie. You just you're just a step below those guys. And I like Donovan a lot. I think Donovan is a really good fucking player. I do. I, I do think that. But you're, you're, it has nothing to do with all this nonsense about about small market not getting – I've never even heard of a thing like that. Man, that shit doesn't even register to me, honestly. I, I've never heard of a small market because you're in a small market, you're not getting foul calls. I, I've never heard of that. Um, the truth of the matter is you guys don't do things that deserve foul calls. You're a jump shooting team. You shoot a ton, a ton of jump shots. That has more to do with it. We've seen in the past when teams kind of fall into that – that moniker that you are a jump shooting team, refs tend to swallow the, the whistles a little bit much. To, in my opinion, down the stretch of the game, the refs swallowed their whistles. The foul that 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 Donovan gets, uh, is, is that the way he gets thrown out? Yeah, that's the one he gets thrown out of. No, no, no. The first technical is because Rudy very clearly, one, there was probably two or three other fouls. Toby, the first shot that Toby shoots on that play was probably a foul. Ben goes up. He probably gets fouled. Then Joe gets the rebound. And it's very clear. Uh, Rudy's elbow is in Joe's back and he pushes him. Joe falls. Joe falls a couple times off of what I assume, what, what I watching thought they were fouls. And Joe falls all the time. You know me. I'm critical about Joe falling all the fucking time. Some of those times I thought he fell were because someone was pushing him down when he's in the air. You know what I mean? That was a clear foul. What do you want? It's a clear foul. Sorry to tell you it's a clear foul. I thought the ref swallowed the whistles for both teams at the, down the stretch of the game. You know, in my opinion. I thought they swallowed the whistles for both teams. The 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 the, the, the goaltending that they called on Rudy, clear clear goaltending. That was a clear foul. I'm surprised they didn't tee up Rudy on that play. Rudy and his big-ass feet flopping up and down the fucking court like an idiot. You know what I mean? But obviously, Donovan looked like he was threatening the ref, probably. You guys let yourselves get out of your, you, you got into your own head. You got out of the game. You you started playing against the refs and started, and started playing against us. And that to me is the story of the game. You know what I mean? That to me is the story of the game. Now, on the other side of it, I'm not going to sit here and criticize not for getting thrown out of the game. It's the guts of the game. This is not the finals. It's not the playoffs. This is the regular season. Everyone needs to fucking cool out. This game doesn't mean anything other than it's one game. That's all it means, one game. This has been the best team in the NBA. Stop treating Donovan like, oh, you know, it, like he doesn't have, I'm not going to say it has shades of racism, but for whatever reason, it reminds me of the Cam Newton in the Super Bowl thing where that's, that conversation to me has shades of racism. And we've seen, meanwhile, we've seen other quarterbacks make the exact same play that Cam Newton made in the Super Bowl. And no one has said shit about it. Aaron Rodgers, I think made it this in the playoffs this year. We've seen them all do it and no one said anything about it. But Cam, meanwhile, it had become a whole fucking thing that spun out of control. Now, I'm not saying that that's the same case. I'm just saying it had shades of that to me. The way we, the way Mark Zumov talked about it, the way Amy Fadula talked about it. I mean, they talked about it in ways that to me were like, y'all need to fucking relax. If anything, you see, because what I saw was somebody who's passionate. I saw one, someone who, again, he, he got too hype about the Ben thing. He fucked himself with that. He fucked himself with that. And I think he got two in his feelings. But what else I saw was his teammates reacting to him in a positive way. Happy because that's their leader. That's their best player. And that dude is playing with more heart than everyone. He shot some dumbass fucking shots, but he We saw him, he already, he earned the right because of the playoffs last year. And none of us have earned that right yet. Keep that in mind. None of, no one on this team has earned the rights to talk in the playoffs yet because the last time we were in the playoffs, we got fucking swept in the most unceremonious way I've ever seen a team get fucking swept, okay? Donovan in the playoffs last year was averaging 40 something a game going head to head against Jamal Murray in one of the greatest displays back and forth that we've ever seen. We're gonna act like that didn't happen. Relax relax he's pissed for his team he got thrown out because they called the fucking foul But he gets thrown – the first technique was because they call a foul on Rudy. He never, not one time, reacts in a way for his own calls. Now, maybe he gets thrown out because he's pissed saying I'm not getting these calls and they're getting these calls. But I I had the reaction watching him that he was getting pissed that his team is not getting those calls and that team is getting those calls. It wasn't about him. There was no selfishness, as they said on a broadcast. I don't believe that. You know what I mean? I saw Joe Ingles happy that his man is that pissed for them. The entire team rallied to me rallies around Donovan. So you can say whatever you want. That's how I felt. You know, I think that we should kind of, again, we need to evolve how we talk about basketball, you know, all this selfish. I understand, you know, fuck the jazz and I understand Donovan and got that little beef, but I, I just, I didn't feel comfortable about that conversation that was taking place last night. That's me personally. I don't agree that the fouls, you can sit there and complain about the refs. We'll see when the two minute report comes out, you know, we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? But I thought there was a ton of plays both ways that could have, you know, really made a difference. So that's how I feel. Anyway, <clears throat> that's that's it. That's all I got. That's all I got. Um, they choked. I think they choked away the game. It's kind of how I feel. <clears throat> Joel is the best basketball player in the NBA. Uh next week, uh, so next week, so we we're off obviously the rest of this week. Uh, next Wednesday, we no no. Next Thursday, we come back. Next Wednesday, the NBA resu- resumes. Next Thursday, we come back against the Bulls. That should be an interesting game. We have five games and seven nights. The Bulls. It, it's kind of an easy-ish schedule. We have the Bulls. I want to say the Bulls, the Knicks. Then we're off. Then who do we play? We play somebody else. Mostly easy games, I think. Then we end that five and seven against the Bucks. Um, so you know, All Star Game. Maybe I'll talk about. Maybe not. Um, next week, I will do a podcast breaking down the East after the first half, breaking down the West after the first half of the season, get ready for a wild division for the, the finale. Uh, that's it. Everybody stay safe out there. You know, the drill, wash your hands, uh, Black Lives Matter, Arrested Cops Who Killed Breonna Taylor. Take care. Yo. Uh, 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 yeah. Justice for the blind. Just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming from my mind. Used to come in-